This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. The Drinkworks Home Bar by Keurig is the perfect gift or addition to a small gathering. The Home Bar makes over 30 drinks from cosmopolitans to old fashions at the push of a button. Just insert the pod, press start, and enjoy. Each Drinkworks pod contains real ingredients and premium spirits. For a limited time, get $50 off the Home Bar with promo code HOLIDAY. Go to drinkworks.com to order now. Drinkworks. Press play. Keurig is a registered trademark of Keurig Green Mountain, Inc. Used under license. Please enjoy responsibly. The Medicare annual election period deadline is coming soon. I'm Meredith Vieira, here with examples of people who found the key to the right coverage at MyHealthPolicy.com. Meet Larry. He likes doing things online. I took my time and found the best Medicare Advantage plan for me at MyHealthPolicy.com. Next is Mary. When she wanted answers, she picked up the phone. I wanted a local perspective on plan, so I called MyHealthPolicy.com. And finally, Michael. I prefer face-to-face, so I chose MyHealthPolicy.com and enrolled on the spot. Go to MyHealthPolicy.com to learn about top-rated Medicare Advantage plans in your area, including $0 premium plans, or call 1-800-GO-START. That's 1-800-GO-START. MyHealthPolicy.com. Meredith Vieira is a paid endorser. KF Agency operates MyHealthPolicy.com, not connected with or endorsed by the U.S. government or the federal Medicare program. A licensed insurance agent may call. I'm Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Injury Lawyers. Is your insurance company forcing you to go back to work when your doctors say you can't? If this sounds familiar, look no further than my law firm. Visit GoldfingerLaw.com and get us working for you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, William Liu. I'm speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors wrapped up a uh, feel-good victory over the Sacramento Kings. This was a shorthanded Raptors side um, going up against, you know, a shorthanded uh, Kings side as well. But the Raptors took care of business by a score of 120-105, to 105, defeating the Sacramento Kings on Tuesday night at the Scotiabank Arena. Um, it was actually kind of a close game. For most, you know, I, it, I mean, look, the Raptors just didn't play much defense in the first half. Um, the Kings scored 34 points in the first quarter. They got, I think, 20 points in the paint in that first quarter. The Raptors didn't force a single turnover. The Raptors' defense is very predicated on forcing turnovers. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just, it, it wasn't the greatest opening quarter performance. But you figured the Raptors were going to turn it around, and they did that. The Raptors held... The Kings to 22 points in the second, 22 points in the third quarter, and uh, 27 points in the fourth quarter, and ultimately had a pretty good defensive night. Um, and, you know, it was one of those games where the Raptors kind of consistently led by, like, you know, somewhere between 5 and 10 points. And every time they get to the 10, the Kings would do something, and they would cut it back down to 3 or 4. And you're like, all right, cool. Let's see the Raptors respond. And, you know, just it kind of just kind of had that flow where the Raptors would establish a double-digit lead, blow it, then establish a double lead, and then blow it. And it was just eventually the Raptors were like, enough is enough. Fourth quarter came around. The Raptors hit a couple of three-pointers, and uh, that was the game. Three-point shooting, by the way. Turns out to be very important. The Raptors shot 
16 of 40 from deep for 40 percent and um yeah that's kind of all they needed i mean when you get four threes from cj miles and four threes from kyle Lowry and three threes from fred van vliet you know it just it makes life so much easier for you when you get the lawn right doing a step back three against uh costa kufos and his uh unfortunate hairline i mean it's just it makes life so much easier and um you know I guess I'll start with Kyle Lowry because, look, he's the most important Raptor right now outside of, you know, Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Tide again. There's a lot of talk about that. Uh, people writing entire articles about how fine the Raptors are. Uh, <laughs> how fine the Raptors are with resting Kawhi despite the fact that uh, it seems like, you know, people don't think it's fine that Kawhi's resting, which, you know, whatever, right? Personally, my theory is I think they're hiding a minor injury and they're just calling it load management. There's no way you would rest a whole week normally, but all right, cool. You want to call it rest man- load management or whatever, but Kawhi's not playing, the- didn't play tonight. He's not going to play uh, against um, Indiana as well. So the second game of uh, this back-to-back, he's not going to play either end. So the ra- in total, Kawhi's going to set out four games, right? Um, and so during this absence, Kyle is the most important guy and you know, Kyle, I thought today was one of his most his most promising performance since coming back from that back injury. He's had a lot of really ugly games. He's contributed to a lot of wins because Kyle Lowry is like that. He's gritty. He's a hustler. He's going to get you these points. He's going to get you these plays. Um, but tonight, it really does feel like Kyle actually had a presence, especially offensively. I thought first up, you know, it was a really good job of the Raptors in terms of a game plan to come in and push the pace against the Kings. And that would be counterintuitive because the Kings are uh, one of the best up-tempo teams in the NBA. However, they didn't have De'Aaron Fox. Um, they didn't have Bielitsa. They, they had one more guy there. Oh, Shumpert. So those guys do help push the pace for them, especially uh, Shumpert. And, well, I mean, especially Fox. Because he's one of the quickest players in the NBA, if not the quickest. But even a guy like Shumpert and Bielitsa, those two guys playing the four position, you know, they're faster than most fours. And I'm not Pascal because Pascal is the fastest four in the league. But still, those guys are faster than most fours. And, you know, they're able to play up-tempo and beat a lot of teams that way. However, you know, the Kings were shorthanded. And the Kings were playing on the second end of a back-to-back after getting uh, blown out by the Brooklyn Nets. And so the Raptors decided to push the pace. And the Kings kind of capitalized early. You could tell they make they have really good quick decision makers. Guys like Buddy Heald, Bogdanovich. Like, those guys were really cooking the Raptors early on getting a lot of buckets, but the Raptors kind of eventually settled down. Um, they ran their offense a little bit more efficiently, and they stopped turning the ball over, which, you know, helped fuel, you know, just stop fueling Sacramento's offense because that's basically what, you know, was the main driving force behind that. And, you know, eventually the Kings kind of ran out of gas. That's, that's what I saw. I mean, the Raptors offensively just kept getting to the basket. I mean, you know, kept putting pressure on the Kings in terms of, you know, they fouled a ton. They committed 27 fouls of the team. The Raptors shot 35 free throws. Um, and you know, it was a smart game plan. And the main driver in that high tempo game plan was Kyle Lowry, who is a maniac when it comes to pushing the pace. And, uh, so many passes today where he was, you know, leading it ahead of the pack, you know, finding Pascal, finding Serge, finding whoever, finding Fred Van Vliet, um, CJ miles, you know, like just, I thought Lowry did a really good job of setting the pace, but also in the fourth quarter, what I really, really liked was the fact that there was a um, uh, short clock situation, eight you know, seconds left on the shot clock. I'm not sure what the score was. I think the Raptors were up eight, 
and um, Nick Nurse called timeout. He specifically drew up a play for Kyle Lowry, where Kyle was inbounding underneath the basket, under the baseline, got the ball inbound, uh, and then came around two pin-down screens from Serge Ibaka and Pascal Siakam and got a little bit of separation, took a little sidestep to get even more separation, and then canned the jumper. And um, it was just a great, great play because, you know, A, it's just a good play. I mean, to, to get, you know, your best shooter – um, you know, a good a good look is um is always a good call, and it's it's good that you you know Nick Nurse saw the opportunity there. It was about five minutes left in the fourth quarter. You know, like it's a pretty important uh, possession. If you can get a good shot out of that situation, you know, you should call timeout. And so, a you know, good play design, but also just on a bigger level, like just to use that opportunity to give um Kyle Lowry some confidence. I mean, Kyle could use it right now, right? Like the whole reason he's playing right now is to get a shot back and today he ended up finishing the game shooting four of nine from deep had 19 points overall and this wasn't like <laughs> his games against like phoenix or whatever where he was just kind of baiting for fouls and getting junk points that way these were pretty good plays that kyle was running you know pretty good shots he was hitting um you know he had another three shortly thereafter in the fourth quarter and then also had another play where he came down the court and because he had hit two threes defense was right up on him i think it was buddy healed and his big teeth um you know, was really close to Kyle. Kyle rose up, you know, drew the foul. That probably was the one time he baited for a foul call. But it was also the fact that he hit those two threes actually forced the defense to come closer to him and, you know, end up fouling him. And so, you know, it's, uh, you know, you got to look at the bigger picture as a coach, right? And if you have these opportunities with these small little opportunities in the game to sort of boost the guy's confidence, you take it. And I, I just really credit Nick Nurse for that play call. I think it was a very important play within the grand scheme of things. Kyle was very positive. Uh, CJ Miles very positive. I mean, look, man, CJ, he has been slandered everywhere. People have talked about the curse. Um, apparently, Danny Green put on the CJ's PJs, which I think you could actually see on Instagram. The Raptors have it up. Um, and since then, um, CJ's kind of broken out a little bit. 13 points uh, against Phoenix, 13 points against Memphis, and now 15 points Against the Kings. Now, there's not exactly a murderous row when we're talking about, you know, a total of 31 points here over the span of, uh, or 41 points here over the span of, um, you know, three games against, you know, whatever. But it's important, man. It's really been important. Um, no Kawhi means you're taking like 27 points a game on 50% shooting out of your lineup. Uh, and also one of your best three-point shooters. And CJ could not have picked a better time to come alive. I don't think it's a little bit of a coincidence. Obviously, I think, you know, Kawhi's absence and OG's absence especially has really opened up some of these minutes for Miles to sort of capitalize. But Miles just looks a lot steadier. You know, he got two wing threes today. He wasn't really forcing a shot. He was really jacking shots early in the year. But um, even, like, I've never really seen a guy force dunks, but the guy used to go to the basket and take some wild layup attempts. Um but a lot more steady. He's waiting for his offense to come to him. Uh, and, and he's uh, he's delivering, man. He's really delivering. In the fourth quarter, I thought he hit two threes that really sort of extend the Raptors' lead and sort of give them breathing space. Um, you know, the second one off a transition look for Kyle where Kyle's sort of running the break. And CJ's not even running that hard, but he just kind of like filled the lane a little bit. And, um, you know, he was on the wing. Larry found over the short pass. CJ rose up confidently, hits the three, and all of a sudden the Raptors have this like 15 point lead. The win is then pretty much assured. And, you know, it's just, it's nice to have this sort of, um, have a player who can sort of introduce this sort of variance to her, this quick, 
hitting offense off the bench, especially off three-pointers. You know, that's something the Raptors just had last year where CJ would come into the game and sort of push games out of reach with his shooting. If he hits one or two threes, bam, that's, you know, three or six points, and all of a sudden the Raptors have a way bigger lead than what they had before. And it was just such a slog to get offense off the bench in previous um, games this season. But the bench today was very positive. Um, the, the starting unit I thought was pretty solid. You know, Ibaka was good. Siakam was really good. Um Van Vliet was great. My God, this is probably Van Vliet's best year. I mean, I should really have neglected him, but, you know, he was really solid all around, especially early in the game. He was really doing most of the scoring for the Raptors. And, um, you know, he, he has looked um, slow and sort of not explosive whatsoever. Um, you know, some people, not me personally, at least not publicly, was was making fun of him and saying he was looking like DJ, uh, DJ Augustine with a Teespring account. But... I mean, he's looking a lot better. I think those two off days, you know, probably stayed uh, right at home, as the rest of us did probably, when Toronto was going through this polar vortex stretch of, you know, feels like minus 35 or some shit outside. Um, I'm sure Van Vliet stayed home. I'm sure he just, you know, chilled with his daughter and his family and, uh, you know, played board games and shit like that. And it just made sure to take it really easy because um, he looked really refreshed today. Uh, you know, and... One of the things that Van Vliet does really well when he's healthy is he, he he turns the corner off the high screen and he changes sp- speed. And it kind of throws defenders off and it gives them a little bit of separation. But look, man, when you're slow, you can't really change speed. You can't go from slow to slow. Like, it's just it just doesn't work. And, uh, you know, Van Vliet was getting blocked and shit. But um, tonight, I mean, he had the change of speed going. He had the outside shot going. The catch and shoot has always been there regardless of what's gone on for him this season. Got to the free throw line a couple of times, but did a pretty good job of handling the point guard duties. Both, you know, um, you know, allowing Kyle Lowry to play off the ball, uh, you know, when he was playing with Kyle the starters, or when he was running the bench unit and sort of, um, you know, creating offense that way. I mean, I, I just thought it was a great game from Van Vliet all around. And uh, but um, to my earlier point, the bench, the bench was pretty good. The bench is pretty good. Um, Norm, very energetic off the bench, you know, missed a couple of free throws, but uh, overall pretty efficient night, hit a three, um, a pull-up three, no less, you know, uh, Norm, honestly, I mean, he, obviously that's not really his game, but he can do that once in a while, it's like, all right, cool, um, but getting to the basket, you know, uh, being a menace in transition, you know, being active defensively, I liked it, him on Bogdanovich in the second half really did kind of put a lid on Bogdanovich, who was really hot early in the game. Um, and <laughs> Ted Mosby looking at us. Um, who else? Uh, DeLon Wright, really good defensively. Um, kind of a, you know, whatever box score, you know, two for six shooting, nine points, you know, six rebounds, two assists. It's like, all right, cool, whatever, three turnovers. But plus 24 on the night really does indicate that uh, in his 24 minutes, DeLon Wright was very active, uh, causing a lot of deflections, getting in there for offensive rebounds, and um, playing aggressive. You know, there's one play in the fourth quarter where he, I think he had Yogi Ferrell trying to box him out. Yogi Ferrell was like, you know, four foot two. And uh, DeLon just rose up over him and then, you know, in traffic with three guys there, went straight for the putback and finished it. And, uh, you know, that's just the kind of aggression you don't see from DeLon Wright a lot of times. You're like, oh, yeah, I forgot the fact that he's like 6'5", 6'6", and, you know, has a physical advantage. You just rarely see him use it, except on those little slalomly drives where he's Euro-stepping. But, uh, you know, 
It's important. It's important for him to use his length. And today he used it today. I, I like the way he played off the bench. Monroe had a miserable night. Just miserable. 0 for 4 from the field. 0 for 4 from the free throw line. Um, he was still plus 14, but just damn. It was it was ugly. And so Raptors went to Chris Boucher. I like Boucher, man. I like him. I think everyone in the world likes him right now. He's, he's quickly become a fan favorite. Obviously, that's the uh, Canadian angle there. But also... This man, may, this man has plays with a swagger. This man really does play with a swagger. You know, like he hasn't done anything in the NBA yet, and uh, you know, it does, he's like twenty six years old, and it's sort of just like, all right, you're too skinny to be a starter. You're probably too skinny to even be in the rotation. But the man plays with a swagger, you know, and uh, I love the fact that he's so confident on the threes. I like that he's shooting them. I'm sure Nick Nurse likes it too because look, he just needs anyone on this team to shoot threes, but. For real, though, like, the Raptors could use a big that could shoot threes, you know. Serge has sort of been up and down. Uh, Siakam was hot for a while, but he's come down, too. So, it's nice when Boucher can come in there, you know, jack some threes. He he definitely has that range. But also, I I just like the tenacity he plays with defensively. Like, you know, he's very skinny, so he's going to get out of position really easily. He can't hold his ground. But he's got really strong hands, and he does really, really fight for those rebounds. A couple times, I'm like, man, I can't, I can't believe he's in this crowd getting this rebound. And um, you know, you gotta have something. You, 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 if if you are like Boucher, like 210 pounds and, and a seven footer, and you're playing in the paint a lot, like you need something. And um, you know, for Boucher, that that something is almost like irrational confidence. It really just, you know, it, it boosts him in a way where he's sort of willing to bang bodies down low with some of these bigger dudes. He's willing to get these rebounds. And he finished off the highlight of the night when Kyle Lowry threw him an alley-oop off a pick and roll. Boucher reached back. And I want to say he cocked the joint back and banged on them because it wasn't to that level. But it was like he didn't get that much separation off the ground. And the pass was sort of behind him, or at least he was sort of ahead of the pass, really. I think he just rolled a little bit too quickly. But uh, Boucher really reached back. It was, you know, uh, you know, he just probably like 120 degrees, you know what I mean? Uh, And uh, and he dunked it. And it was uh, it was a really nice play. You know, got the obviously the crowd out of out of her feet. It was the fourth quarter. You know, whatever, some garbage time stuff. But uh, look, Boucher has it's given the Raptors some options. You know what I mean? He's given the Raptors some options on a night when Monroe didn't have it. Boucher is able to come in, give some solid minutes. You know, you appreciate that kind of depth. It's probably some shit that only happened at home, but you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, and look at the bench. I mean, even a guy like Pat McCaw, who yeah, again, the box score is, is not flattering to zero points on all of two shooting. But McCaw, I thought um, activity length. Um, you know, fought for a lot of loose balls and things like that. I mean, for seven, for a guy giving you seven minutes off the bench, it's a hell of a lot better than what, like, you know, Malachi Richardson, or, you know, or whatever has been giving you. So uh, I like McCaw's defensive versatility. He still really has to learn how to play in the offense, but had a really nice touch pass uh, earlier in the game. But overall, a feel-good night, man. There's a lot, of, a, lot of, a lot of positives to take from this. The Raptors. Um, you know, hit 16 threes. That's great. Kyle busting out of a slump. CJ busting out of a slump. Um, Raptors not missing Kawhi Leonard. Uh, you know, there's a lot of discourse over Kawhi, as I mentioned earlier, but uh, he's not going to play the next game either. Whatever, guys. Just sort of accept the fact that, you know, the Raptors aren't going to be straight up about it, but they want you to trust them that 
they have Kawhi's veterans in mind, and you know why wouldn't they? They want to keep Kawhi, so you you want to treat him as nicely as possible, and I think that that's what the Raptors are doing, being very smart with his health. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is a good game. It's a good game, um, and if Kyle can start actually shooting like this more often, if he can give you 19 points consistently, then you know what? The Raptors are a pretty complete team. That's uh, I mean, everyone who's heard me on this podcast before has already talked. To, has already heard this point about the secondary scoring. Well, if Kyle gives you 19 points on 15 shots, I'm happy. In terms of your three stars, uh, I'm giving the first side to Fred VanVleet. Uh, again, like I said, he was kind of underrated in terms of sort of how I discussed the game earlier. But 19 points, seven rebounds, seven assists, six of ten shooting, three of six from the three point line, four or five from the free throw line. Really solid all around. Second star, I'm giving that to Kyle Lowry. 19 points, 9 assists, 4 rebounds. Really, I think he had a better game than Van Vliet in terms of just his importance. But, you know, relative to expectations, 19 for Van Vliet is more impressive than 19 for Kyle. And then the third star, I mean, it's tough. You know, Pascal certainly deserves it. But how many opportunities am I going to get that to CJ Miles? I mean, CJ's had a miserable year. Um, but he looked real happy after the game. He looked real happy. There was a there was a tunnel shot of uh, CJ, you know, walking uh, down the tunnel after the win, getting greeted by his daughter Ava and his wife Lauren, and it's a real happy scene. CJ is such a great dad. And look, man, look, we all nitpicked his performance, and quite honestly, his performance was so bad that you know, um, <laughs> you know, what I mean, like it was. It's warranted. He's playing terribly on both ends. Um, but he is a really good guy, man. He is such a such a good dude. And, um, yeah. I mean, it, it, you just you want to see guys like that succeed, for sure. And CJ tonight, 15 points. Four threes off the bench in 16 minutes. That's the shit that we need, man. Because, look, aside from the secondary scoring thing, the other thing that has been talked about in terms of what the Raptors need is a shooter off the bench who can hit threes and... Uh, you know, CJ could be that guy. That CJ was supposed to be that guy. And the whole thing was, you know, CJ wasn't doing it. Well, if he starts doing it, then all of a sudden the Raptors have less of a need. So, that's good to see. And then in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award, I'm giving that to Bojan Bogdanovic, who was great. Um, this uh, Zach Lowe clone had 16 points, 8 rebounds, 9 assists, 3 steals. Cooled off a little bit, but was really hot with the shooting early on. But he finished 6 of 15. doesn't really matter. The way he was creating plays for everybody... Um, really stepping up in the absence of De'Aaron Fox. And I love the way Bogdanovich plays the game. He is really smooth. He's really calculated. Obviously very experienced. He's slightly, he's like sneakily old. I think he's like 27. But uh, he's a really good fit with the Kings. And uh, that was a really good pickup, man. It was a really good pickup. Anyway, does it for the podcast. I rambled on long enough. As always, you can check out 10 Things. And uh, yeah, I'll be back tomorrow to recap the Pacers game. Peace. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? 
In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.